0: welcome to heart center conversations i'm your host jennifer martin i created this podcast to have real conversations with real people about what they are doing in the world how they're showing up and how they're living from their heart center so if you like this podcast send me a comment send a like send to your friends and enjoy this episode
1: Okay, so we are recording. So yay, so excited. Um, So for everyone that's going to be watching this, uh, welcome to Heart Center Conversations. I'm your host, Jennifer Martin. And today with me, I have the lovely Ren Quinn. So I'm so excited to start having conversation with her. But before we start, I have already lit some Palo Santo, but I want to kind of light some more and just kind of not kind of just smudge our little talking space. Um, And then I did draw a card and I'm not sure if it's the card for today or just overall for, you know, this new year and this heart centered conversations and what it's going to look like and where it's going, but yeah, just ah, smudging this my space for sure. <laughs> I'm sure you've already smudged yours. Yep, smudge it all out. <laughs> <laughs> smudge it out. So I chose this card. It's the world card, um, and it's from the Roots and Wings Oracle deck. It's a new deck that I got from Kat Riles. Um, and this little world card, I'll just read what she has on here, what it means for her. Her interpretation is marks the end of one journey and the beginning of a new one. Like our rotation around the sun, a new day dawning, new hope rising. So what a great card for our first Yay. conversation. So, okay. <sighs> I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so excited to talk okay. to you. Yeah. And I'm so excited to share you with everyone. And I know for sure that you have probably lots of people that you have worked with and people who follow you. I mean, that's how I found you is from a friend um, who is here in my hometown in Emporia who like tagged you or shared one of your posts. And I saw it and I was like, hmm, that sounds freaking amazing, and so that's kind of, I then started looking at all your stuff, and I was like, I am ready to do this work, so in starting that out, why don't you just tell us who you are, what you do, and then we'll go from there. Sure,
2: um, my name is Ren. Uh I, I live in Kansas City, and so for the last couple years, I've been um, focusing on somatic practicing. Um, and so what that means is, it's basically just a way of resolving the cycles of trauma that we get stuck in. Um, and I mean, that, that's just a really surface, you know, definition, there's so much that goes into it. <laughs> that's um, a really surface <laughs> <very serious>. um, <laughs> but it's, it's also based just on the idea of your body having a story to tell and just offering um, an honest space for your body to be listened to. Um I was my background is in yoga therapy. And so when I was in yoga therapy, um, and even before that, I was in school to do physical therapy. Um, And so in physical therapy, you know, it was very much just focused on the body and different injuries and the musculature and the skeletal system. And I wanted a little bit more of a holistic approach. So then I went into yoga therapy, which offered just like a little bit more, but not quite enough for what I feel like is the true scope of the full scope of healing from a traumatic experience. And especially when we have traumatic experience, like layered on top of traumatic experience for years, you know, there are, it impacts all of us. It impacts our mental being, it impacts our emotional being and our spiritual being and our physical being. Um, And so I really just wanted to design something that I needed when I was going through my own journey. And when I was recovering from my own Cycles um, of trauma and of, you know, and even trauma is a really broad word. Um, but yeah. so many things can, anything that takes you out of your normal regulation can be considered trauma. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be an you know, event, a huge like, you know, like an earthquake or, you know, yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, so for me, I knew that I just wanted, I knew that I wanted people who felt like I had, who felt hopeless and who felt lost and who felt like they were just never gonna get out of that spinning spiral. I wanted them to know that they don't have to feel that way forever. Um, and so these are just tools that I've picked up over the last, you know, eight years or so. And uh, this is just the culmination of them. But,
1: uh, yeah. yeah. So tell us about your, um, do you have like a name of your business? Like, what does it look like when you start working
2: with someone? Yeah, um, so my business is just my name. It's just a Ren the uh, best thing, right? <laughs> you no, know? uh, but yeah, so I offer a few different things. Um, I'm a Reiki practitioner. Um, like I said, I have a background in yoga therapy, and my, my main, I don't know, my main wheelhouse, I guess, is my trauma alchemy intensives, um, and so that's what lovely, lovely Jennifer did. Yeah. Um, But, and that's a nine week program. And so what this does is it allows um, kind of like a, kind of a safe cocoon to come through that, um, that gestation period during, um, I used to offer like, you know, where people would just come in and off, like, you know, when they, when they wanted to. And the problem was we kept having to go back to the beginning. Um, And so this is just a container to kind of keep us in that level field of just continuing to move forward, even when it's tricky. Um, and so it's based off of, you know, just acknowledgement of what you've experienced, acknowledgement of how your body is carrying, um, these stories and then moving forward, it's releasing and then actually integrating. Um, so we go through body, we do, we'll do breath works, we do physical movements, um, the client is comfortable, I, I like to incorporate tarot um, and other different like creationary um, methods that just kind of integrate um, the healing in our brain in a little bit of a different way, um, as well as Reiki and energy work and, um, and talking, you know, like of course, like we spend a lot of the sessions just, you know, talking, but it's a way of, it's a way that goes a little bit beyond talk therapy um, and talk therapy is so important. I feel like everybody should have a talk therapist, but, um, yeah you know, a way that your body can actually have its experience shared and its experience honored. Um, and a lot of times talk therapy can issue that portion of, um, of what we've been through, you know, we look, there's, but there's only so much that our cognitive thinking brain can, um, can work towards. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that
1: One of the biggest things that drew me to you was that we have so many things in common because I do a lot of the same things. And just for me, I knew that um, I'm always stuck in the learning. And, you know, I'm a coach, I do Reiki, I'm a yoga, you know, doing yoga. I, I provide all those things also. But when I get in a, you know, like, oh, this is great, we need to learn more of this, I start doing it for myself but not for myself, like I do it to learn. And so I knew that I needed to do some deep healing. And I knew as soon as I found you, I was like, oh shit. Like, you know, this is, and it was almost like, um, it was a, it was like a door for me. It was like, are you willing to step through this door? Cause I've provided the person for <laughs> you. Like every, you know, cause you know, you look at different therapists, and I I feel the same, like everyone should have a therapist. But I knew for me, knowing the things that I know about the body, about trauma, about all of those things that I have, and had some um, emotional blockage in lots of areas of my body. And I know this, because I did, you know, um, a couple trainings this summer, so as release, you know, different types of releases classes that are supposed to help you release that's what they're meant they're intended for but I didn't release anything so I'm like okay like I know I'm holding this shit in my body like I teach this stuff um I share with people you know how to self-regulate and how to use breath and all of those things but I knew that it was time and I knew that I would found someone that was going to help me of start moving through that process. So I found you and it, I must say, and I tell people this all the time, like for me to be on the other end of it, like I really did make a commitment to myself to step through and be fully in and um, do everything that you asked me to do and really just allow someone else to help me step into the space instead of me trying to help myself, which
2: yeah,
1: I'm and also a firm believer that.
2: That too, it's like, you know, I have to have my own practitioners too. Otherwise, like as a practitioner, you can hit a block of just like, I know what I'm supposed to do, but sometimes you just need a little bit of a shepherding, you know, to just yeah, move you into the next thing. And
1: you definitely need a little shepherding because like I was saying, I, I am a firm believer in you are your own healer. Like you are your own and, but you do, you need someone to kind of like, (laughs) tell me more about that. Cause there was a lot of things that we did. And one of the things that you did with me was, um, my timeline Mm -hmm. and I've done that timeline before on my own by myself, but when you and I did it together, it was you kind of were able to see things and, and you said a couple things and I was like, wow, like, yeah. And so it was, again, kind of having someone else walk along with you and see those things. So I and really
2: appreciate helpful. um And because we tell ourselves the same stories all the time in our heads. And so we get so like numbed, I think, to hearing these same stories over and over that then to say it to another person is... You know I mean I'm sure everybody's experienced this. but like you say something to someone else and all of a sudden you have that clarity of like oh this is how this is how that sounds um and even with all of this you know there are so many different ways to release things or to cope with things but I think that like we need all of these coping tools but we also need just an area to be able to facilitate a resolution and that's what um so much of us I think are craving that we have a difficult time actually receiving Um, as I and actually if anybody goes to my Instagram I did a whole video on this but there's a part in our brain that allows us to resolve past traumas in the present and so that when we did the alchemical breath that's what that does oh my god when you can resolve that even with I mean visualization is a light word for it but um, when you can resolve it and actually have seen yourself like overcoming that trauma or like physically like moving through it Um, it's, I mean, it's a really powerful thing because then it's not something that you're just, it's not something that you're just coping with. Then it's something that you've actually been able to move through and move past. And then it can actually be something that is in your past instead of continuing to cause these infractions in your present. Um, and that's, you know, that, that main thing that I, that I just love to help people facilitate through is resolution you know because drama starts this weird cycle with us and it just keeps taking us back to the beginning and the beginning and the beginning and it's just our body and our brain's way of wanting to actually push us through so that we can get to the other side and move full circle around but yeah it's wild man like a lot of this stuff is it sounds simple when we're talking about it but it's 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 all journeys yeah
1: so uh, when for you like what was the defining point in your life that you were like this is what I need to do
2: yeah um well (laughs) I always think it's funny because everything that I do now I just sort of like I felt like I was stumbling upon like it was just like an accident um and of course you know then looking back it's like this was how things were supposed to be the whole time but um I got my yoga teacher training um when I was let's see I want to say like seven years ago. Um, I'd have to think about that a little bit more in my head. A while ago, I got my yoga teacher training. And at that time I was in an abusive marriage and I wasn't admitting that it was an abusive marriage, but I had some sort of cognizance that knew that it was. Um, and so I literally just like Googled like yoga teacher <laughs> training and my zip code. And the woman that I found is just this amazing dynamic you know yoga teacher who has um, a trauma-informed background and so I did her teacher training and she talked a little bit about her own story of um of dealing with domestic violence and emerging from that and uh, that really just like I'd never actually met somebody else who had been in a in a domestic violence um situation or had been in an abusive marriage and so that just kind of like started getting like the wheels in my brain turning a little bit and um That was the first big thing that allowed me to realize that I was in an abusive marriage Um, but it still took me a few years to actually you know like admit that that was happening and that I needed to leave Um, and so I really started researching more about trauma because my ex-husband was and he had been in the military and so he had um, I felt still at the time that his actions were based on responses to PTSD Um, and so I wanted to learn more about it so I could figure out more about why he did the things that he did and um, and why he was, you know, kind of evolving into the person that he was becoming. And um, as I was doing that research, it was kind of like, oh shit, I think I have PTSD. And um, so then once I had that more figured, then I started um, when we got divorced, I started going to therapy and um, talking about these things. And then I realized that, you know, I'd been dealing with these symptoms for. Years, you know, I was married for almost eight years, so um, that's, you know, wild. So I went back to the same my same teacher who did a special trauma informed training, and that was my first training specifically for um, trauma recovery and trauma um, resiliency. Um, and so after that, it was just kind of like snowball effect. And like I said, I wanted to go and I wanted to be a physical therapist, um, because I wanted to, you know, find ways. I did the alchemical breath with my first teacher and. Um, that's what I call it as the alchemical breath, but there are a lot of different names for it. Um, biodynamic breath is another thing that it's kind of commonly labeled as, but I did that first, um, releasing breath work, um, and resolving breath work there. And it was just like blew my mind wide open. And I was like, mind oh. <laughs> like, I have to mind, be- blown. mind blown. And I didn't even know we people, it. it was, she was just like, we're going to do a 30 minute breath work. And I was like, okay, no, big deal. and then, <laughs> no teacher. I know how to
1: breathe. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
2: It was crazy. But, you know, that was my first experience, that moment of um, when I did the, the breath work the first time myself, um, is I went back to, not everybody goes back to a specific memory, but I went back to a specific memory when I was um, just being, like, really oppressed and restrained, um, and in my mind, I was able to go back and, and save myself which, you know, at the time I wasn't able to do. And I remember just like my eyes opening and not having the fear surrounding that memory. Cause I'd had that memory that I had gone back to for years. And it was like, I could remember it, but I didn't have the same like suffocating, like I'm going to have a panic attack feeling, thinking about it. It was just like, huh, I remember that that happened. And that was the first time I had the realization that there was a possibility of, recovery and just of not being encapsulated by those um crippling you know responses and reactions um so yeah that was that was really what what set me going forward on this path um i came to reiki um i've only i haven't been practicing reiki for quite as long um this is uh probably my third year practicing reiki um but that was really revolutionary too, because I had been learning about, you know, like I said, our musculature and our skeletal system, but I hadn't been learning about the energies that bind all of those together. Um, and so then coming to that too, it was just like it was like that final ribbon that ties it all together, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, it's it's been it's been a cool journey. It's been um, it's been sometimes wild and sometimes subtle and but it always brings me just like one step closer to my centered self and knowing where I need to be.
1: Yeah. Um, so how long have you had your business where you're doing this nine
2: week? Um, this was my second year. Yeah. Um, So that means I've done, that means I've done, I'm getting ready to start my eighth cycle of it. Nice. So,
1: and what what's the biggest thing that you've learned, like walking people through this process?
2: The biggest thing. Hmm, one of the biggest things that always comes up is that everybody is going through something, um, and it's it makes it so much easier to have compassion for society and for communities as a whole, knowing that each individual person has their thing that they're really working on resolving through. And, you know, when I have clients coming in, I I don't have any clients who've never felt stifled or who've never felt oppressed or who've never felt unheard. Um, And so knowing that that's such a common thread that's rippling through us is, is really, It's really powerful just in in being able to relate to other people. Um, It makes it harder. Like, you know, when you're at the grocery store, I was at the grocery store a few weeks ago and, you know, they have these like arrows on the floor Uh so that you go down this aisle and the next aisle. And I was going the wrong way. And one woman just started like walking like really directly towards me and was like, you're going the wrong way. (laughs) But in that moment, it was just like, she's going through, like, she's gone through something. You know, like it makes it harder to take all of those things personally because, we just you know we know rationally that other people are going through their own things but you know on, on my end to have that constant reminder of just people telling their stories is is really um is really humbling in a lot of ways yeah. and another thing that I think about too is um we all have we all have so much shame that we carry from different things and that is such a big barrier in actually moving forward. And a lot of times, you know, I've been really grateful and really humbled a lot of times because a lot of the things that people will tell me, I'm the first person that they've ever told. And it's something that they've been carrying for you, know, years. And there's never been anything that I've heard where I'm like, oh wow, that makes you an awful, awful person. But we'll carry that shame inside ourselves and we let let ourselves make, make us think that that thing makes us a bad person. And it's just, yeah, it's just one of those things we we all, we all have that kind of a shame and it's, you know, so rarely deserved, you know, it's, so that's another thing too, that I've learned more is just how binding shame can be. And then on a more positive note, that also that like everybody can move through these things. You know, it's not just, you don't have to be a special person to resolve your trauma. And you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a guru. You don't have to be a saint. Right. You don't have to have any sort, certain amount of wisdom. You just have to have the ability to be willing to look into yourself. And I mean, like that's my favorite part of the whole thing is just that like anybody can do this. It's yeah, anybody.
1: Do you find that most people that are coming to you are at that point where they're willing?
2: Um, I think yes, um, but it's. I mean, even like willingness is kind of a is kind of an interesting thing because I think when people come to me, they're they're ready to be done with it for sure. I don't know that all that always means that they're willing right in that moment to look inside their you know their darkest shadows, but for sure they're ready to be done, um, and that's a huge step that has to be taken Um, and that's why I designed the nine-week program too is so that not only do I have the commitment that you're going to continue working through but you're making that commitment for yourself that you're going to make this journey and you're going to continue going forward with it Um, because it's easy to go to one session and be like that was hard I don't ever want to do it again yeah Um, but then as it's just you know it's, it's as cliche as it is it's just like hiking up a mountain you know like even when you don't know where you are you know you have to keep going up even when it's hard and even when it's grueling, you know, you got to get up to the top. Um, but yeah, I think the willingness to actually see self comes and it takes a couple weeks to actually get there. Um, because I also have to earn the trust of allowing you to, you know, see that self with me. Um, but yeah, I think that that defining step of coming to um, my sessions is I'm done you know I don't want to do that anymore I don't want to feel this way anymore I need something new and yeah
1: I think I find that also with people but a lot of times I'll hear you know I've tried everything Mm -hmm. I've been to the doctor I've done this I've done that and I'm still dealing with this so can you help me can you do a Reiki session on me you know and it's like well yes but (laughs) I mean there's still some work that needs to you know so um I find also that doing the work is just humbling and also creating that space is just an amazing amazing thing. So you've just moved into a new space and how how do you like your new space?
2: I love it. I can spend it's my beautiful little bit. Um but yeah, so this is it's I was in the Livestock Exchange building for a long time and I really really love it. Um my studio was just really small, um, so it was. I mean, like my, you know, five by seven foot rug was like almost too big for it. It was really little, um, and so it was nice. Like, what if I was just doing a Reiki session, or if you know, if I if I knew going into it what I was going to be doing, um, but my sessions can be so you know, like we don't really know what we're going to do until you get here. Um, so yeah. then, we can see, and then just pop like, off and do movement. You know, or, like it can be you know, kind of whatever is coming up. So. Right now, I'm at um, Inner Space Yoga, and that is off of Lake Troost and 27th. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a really beautiful community. Um, Even if you don't come see me, anybody should come and and visit. Um, We have not just in this collective. I'm in a collective with um, a few other Reiki practitioners, um, but also the yoga teachers here are phenomenal. And they're even like, a, there's like a clothes designer here who's just, yeah. there's a, you know, a hair salon, a one woman hair salon down there. So it's really,
1: I didn't know that.
2: And she just moved in not that long ago, but the Virgil's um, plant store is here. Uh-huh. Peach's vintage collective. So we've got a lot of, um, a lot of cool wheels that are spinning here. But yeah, we have, um, I don't know when we're going to do it next. I mean, I guess, COVID times changes all that stuff anyway, but usually we have kind of like open studio times when people can um come in and you know peruse all the stuff. But yeah.
1: yeah I have not been there when when everything else it, it I don't ever see anybody. Mm-hmm. Um but I I do like the space that you created. So how what do you do to prepare? Like when let's just say someone
2: wants to schedule a session with you. Mm-hmm. Um, What does that look like? What does it look like to start working with someone? Well, it's all, it's different depending on what session they want to do. Um, a lot of times, you know, people just come for Reiki. They'll come for, you know, Reiki like every couple of months or so. And so that, you know, doesn't need a lot of preparation. You just can kind of book it with me and you get here and we kind of talk about what you're going through and anything that you're, um, wanting to begin shifting. Um, but that's such an intuitive experience, you know, um, so not as much with that. Um, Anytime I do an alchemical breath um, session with someone, and um, that's kind of, and in my program, that's kind of like the pinnacle of, of the <laughs> Yes, it is. And, uh, <laughs> it's, I'll talk about that just real quickly, but it's just, it, it essentially puts you, um, it allows you to engage your fight or flight response. Um, and so then it allows you to be shepherded from that freeze station and lets you use your instincts, you know, your, your physical motions to, um, move past it and sort of break out of that free state and so it harnesses your own power and it allows you to really you know move strongly through it um but yeah so, let's
1: talk um, about let's yeah let's talk ahead. about this a little bit more so can someone just come in and get a breath work session with you yeah if they've um, never done you'll
2: okay yeah and usually what I'll do with that that one um I give more information going out I'm, I make sure that I talk about that it's not a soothing breathwork. um not know, at all get the first thing that people think is like oh yeah breath work to release my trauma (laughs) you know easy but (laughs) it's (laughs) so so very different from that um so I just make sure that that's usually with that I like to do a consultation um where I just talk about these things either um you know have a zoom meeting or just a phone call real quick um just to make sure that they are understanding um what the process looks like um and then yeah they come in and we usually talk a little bit more um in the beginning um because it's just such a vulnerable time and that's another one of those times when people come in a lot of times not really expecting or not really knowing what to expect I guess um but still that same conviction of just like I am done with that thing that's holding me back yeah um and uh but yeah, people, I just started a few months ago, I'm um, opening that up so that people could, um, you know, just come in without having seen me previously. And so far it's been really great. Um, it's kind of like when somebody isn't able to have like the finances for the nine week program or, um, you know, even just the, the time to go into it, it's a really, I mean, I mean, you know what it's like it's 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 a really like resetting thing that can happen you know and the, thir- the breath work is 30 minutes long you know so my the whole session when they come in is an hour and a half but the actual breath work is only 30 minutes um so it's a really good way to I've been doing them more um at the end of the year and now that we're at the beginning of the year because it's just like reset baby uh, <laughs> reset I, I will I will say
1: that that I I had known about breath work and I had tried to do it on my own and couldn't do it. And so I knew that that was part of your, your process. And when we got to that point, I was so excited. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to do this. And I was so nervous because, you know, when you're a yoga teacher and a lot of, especially dealing with trauma and helping people self-regulate, this is not the breath that we utilize. not the breath that we teach people. It's not, like you said, it's not a calming. It's not a mm -mm at all. And so, you know, that's the kind of breath that I teach, but I have been told by other energy workers that I do not take deep breath. And I know for myself when, especially when I am dealing with something that is emotionally hard, I close up and my heart center will start to go in and when i'm struggling i can't breathe and so i knew that it was gonna i didn't know how powerful it was gonna be but i was so ready for it and it was probably the most profound experience i have ever had and i really and when you said a vulnerable space like it really is vulnerable but I went into it like I don't give a shit what I look like or what happens. Like I trust Ren to the point that I'm just going to whatever I don't know. I don't I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust her to hold the space for me. And I trust that space to be as vulnerable as I need to because yeah, it's it, I knew that it was going I was hoping. I didn't know for sure, but I was hoping it was something that was just going to propel me over something that I you know and it 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 was so amazing it was so amazing that I'm like I this is what I want I'm I want to do breath work like I'm gonna and I, I start training in February so and I keep telling everyone like you have got to go to someone like you've got to do this like I know a lot of people that I've talked to are you know people that have worked with me before or like my really close girlfriends and, you know, who one of them is a yoga instructor. And I kind of showed her the breath and she was
2: like, nope. It's like, I had I posted a video about it um, where I like demonstrated the, what it looks like. Uh-huh. And, uh, I had a bunch of people come and just say, whoa, that looks uncomfortable. And it's like, <laughs> it really is. But it's, really... It's, you know, it's one of those things too, that like, you know, when we talk about the other um, the other breath patterns of like Ujjayi breath and, you know, different pranayamas um, are are made to cope with things, you know, and they're made to like, you know, to bring us down when we're too high up. And this is just, this one just escalates. Um, and, but it's a way, it's a really, really powerful way, I think, especially to process those emotions like rage and um, anger. You know, anger, anger and like hurts and like those like really, like really deep things that are, just kind of like (laughs) down below it is just gonna bring up all that stuff to the surface so that we can actually look at it, actually deal with it, actually have a conversation with it and then allow it to, you know, go the way that it needs to go. Um, But yeah, it's, I mean, it was a life-changing thing for me and I still regularly do it. And I, I say this all the time, but every time when I'm getting ready to do the breath work myself, there's a part of my brain that wants to talk me out of it and it's just like are you sure you need to do this are you sure you can't do something else that's more like can you do a meditation or you know something like that um no you know it's like nope I need it and I know it so
1: I think the biggest thing that I love about it that I find the most beneficial for me knowing that I hold on that I'm a controller And in that sense, I hold on to emotion, I hold on to it, and I control when it comes out, if it comes out at all. And I think I've been doing, this is my pattern for so many years with all the stuff that's happened. When I do breath work, I'm out of the driver's seat. Like I can't, uh, the sensations move and they, you know, they, I just don't have control, but I am. It's like such a weird, like I am, but I'm not, you
2: know, like my it brain, and I guess it's it. that whole brain thing. It allows you to control releasing the control. And like, that's a really yeah. pivotal point of it um, because, you know, and that's something that going into it with my clients, I always reassure is that like you are choosing to move beyond this. Like you're choosing to do this thing knowing that it's going to be difficult, knowing that it's going to be strenuous. You're choosing to like, Kind of like relinquish not even the control but just that tight hold just yeah. allowing your hands to release um but yeah it's it's, it's interesting it's, allowing the hands to release even though they are like maybe no, you know, they clench up yeah but you I'm, are yeah a freeze station and so that's the first like 10 minutes of the breath work is you're in like a freeze station and um nobody likes actually i did have one client who said that she preferred that first part of it because she's so rarely been in a time where she isn't holding on such tight control. I thought that was really cool, but um, typically um, nobody likes that first part of it because you are frozen. You're like reliving that frozen, helpless, um, you know, out of control of your body type of a thing. Um, And it's just really uncomfortable. But then when you think about it, 10 minutes is not that long. Um, So just even being able to have like that cognizance that yeah, this is gonna last forever. Yeah, um, this is something I'm choosing to do because I know that there's something better waiting for me on the other side. Is yeah, powerful, yeah. yeah, powerful people, powerful. Okay, okay.
1: so, so then um, somebody comes to you and they want to work with you. Um, again, what does that? Yeah. that
2: look like? Um, so, for my, um, my trauma alchemy um, cycles, um, that one I always do a consult for, and it's a free consultation. Um, and I'm getting ready to start my next one at the end of January. Awesome. Um, but so for this next few weeks, I'll be doing those consultations, and um, it can be a phone call. Um, sometimes people like to have a Zoom meetings, but it's just a 30 minute consultation so that um, the client can tell me um, like what what they're looking for, and so that I can also give them you know because writing all this stuff out is difficult to do um, in a way that. In a way where you see the, the the subtleties that go into it and the impact that those subtleties can have, um, but it's really just a way of um, us both making sure that we're that we're a good fit um, for for me to be the facilitator um, for what the client is really working through, um, and even that conversation can allow some. You know, I think that usually we have an idea of. Um, of like what it is that we're working through. Um, and like for myself, I've been working with, um, I feel like for my whole life, I've been working with abandonment issues. And uh, I have like, you know, when I went into the breathwork first, I like had this idea of just like, oh, well, this is what I'm gonna be thinking about. It's like this one thing and it's this memory that's associated with it, blah, 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 blah. Like I already know that. Um, but typically what happens is you don't even really realize how deep the issue goes you know so when we think of like the one thing that spawned it or the one thing that set it off um you know we we usually realize fairly quickly that it's deeper than that and the conversations can help that too the consultations um you know just so you can actually have an idea of what you're working through and what you're working with um and it gives me an ability to kind of gauge how much um you know i have i've had clients who you know like you have been practitioners themselves for many, many moons, and that I have people who've never done a meditation before. So it gives us both just an ability to gauge um, whether or not it's going to be something that is going to be conducive. Um, and then I, yeah, after that, we start scheduling um, sessions and start just start just moving forward. Um, and a lot of it is really gentle. You know, there are some things like the alchemical breath that are, you know, very much, you know, those like, heroic, you know, type of things like heroic healers, but a lot of things are softer. Um, and so it's, you know, allowing yourself to have space with somebody who reminds you that it's okay to be gentle, and it's okay to be soft. And it's also okay to do the hard work when the work gets hard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, kind of what it looks like. Um, with my trauma alchemy sessions, usually we do the consultation and then you don't have your first appointment for at least, you know, another three weeks or so it gives kind of a little bit of time to mentally prepare and um emotionally prepare yeah (laughs) um yeah but anyone can reach out to me on um instagram or i have my website um as well that uh people can yes we'll link
1: all of those things and everything that this is posted so that people can find you Mm -hmm. um so it'll be a great time for this to go out so that people can kind of Get a better idea when they're ready to do some some deep healing work. Which is what I found that it 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 really was such a great um, experience for me being on the other side and you know being so led to find you in that sense that I desired to have a certain, certain elements in my healing that I knew were important. And again, everything that you provide, you know, the tarot work and the Reiki and the movement and the, you know, the breath, like all of that was the somatic and the trauma and everything that I um, want to provide for people, but want it for myself, you know, to, to usher me into a commitment that I made, you know, because I really was like, all right, I've got to, I have to step on the other side of this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everybody's sessions look different too. And that's, you know, I've had a few people at least, you know, mention that they, that they don't feel comfortable with tarot, which is all, always fine. You know, it's, it's, everybody gets to kind of, you know, lead their own sessions. Um, and you know, sometimes we'll, sometimes we'll do movement, sometimes we won't move at all, you know, and so it's just like everything is going to be different depending on, you know, even every person is an individual, but also each day for us is individual, you know, so sometimes you don't want to do a yoga practice, you know, sometimes yeah. your body isn't, it doesn't need that right now, sometimes it needs rest, or sometimes it does need for those fires to be stoked, um, so yeah, just, I think another thing that I really like about it too, is it starts, typically when we've gone through, um, you know, these traumatic incidents and um, when we've been in like a chronological like fawn or freeze state um, or a consistent fawn or freeze state, um, we lose the ability to say like no or to actually listen to what our body wants to do. One of my favorite stages was when people get to is when they just start telling me like no. I'm like, hey, do you want a blanket? No. (laughs) It's like (laughs) perfect, you know, because then that's something you can carry into your life and you can just, it makes it a more immediate like my body says no so the answer no and then you, that's something that you can take into your relationships that's something you can take into your work it's something that is really fortifying um but yeah just a side note i love when people tell me no <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> so do you feel like this is your heart centered work
2: yeah um yeah i, I really love it. it it i love it enough that it doesn't feel like work when i do it um and it's something that even, it's something I would want to do like even if I wasn't getting paid to do it. I love that I get paid to do it. Um, it feels just like this huge privilege. Um, but yeah, this feels like something that was just stated in the depths of my heart for, you know, as long as I've been living and now it has this this place to exist. Um, And I'm really grateful for that. And I do virtual sessions too. Um, And with my trauma alchemy, typically I have people come in for the most part. Um, But the alchemical breath especially can be done virtually really easy. Um, And so that's um, another good thing to keep in mind, especially, um, you know, for like you who's so far away. And, um, you know, even like when the weather gets bad, you know, it's easy. well, We'll just do it. We'll just do it on Zoom this time or you know, something like that. But I do think that there's a lot of power to having in-person um, sessions. And definitely during COVID, it's you know, a little bit different. We still have, you know, we sanitize things and we still, you know, wear masks when we're, you know, in the common areas and stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's really
1: great. So one of the other things that I really appreciate about you, and you just kind of mentioned it, is your exchange of energy, like you are a pay what you can practitioner. Yeah. How does that how did, how did you decide how? Why did you decide to do that? And
2: yeah, yeah, tell me more about that. Yeah, that for me felt that for me felt really crucial. And it was something that I I grew up, you know, without having my parents were never wealthy, but we also weren't, you know, like, you know, starving for things. Um, but I have just always had that awareness that most things are too much money you know and like that just seems like a common refrain It's just like, well that's too much I can't afford that or that's too much I can't afford that and I when I was um, when I was getting divorced and when I was trying to find like my own therapist my own things like I couldn't find any I was just, at, the, at that point I was a single mom um, you know I didn't I didn't get any like, like alimony or anything like that I'd been and even then I'd been a stay-at-home mom for you know my kids whole lives. Um, so then all of a sudden it was just like, I was this like newly single mom who hadn't had a real job in years. And it was like, I couldn't afford anything. Um, and I, the counselor that I used at that time was, um, she was a, like not interning, but she wasn't like a, you know. So anyway, so her sessions were reduced and it was just like, man, it would be nice if this was affordable. Um, and when I was going through my yoga therapy training, we had, um, you know, a whole, you know, seminar on like how much we should charge for things. And I had, I mentioned that I really would like for people just to pay what they can and they laughed at me and it was just like, you know, I, I wanted, that's what I want to do though. Like, and I can't, and I didn't actually intend to do it. Indefinitely. I meant for to just do it like for a little while while people are you know kind of moving through stuff. And it was like this feels right. Um, and so some people pay me um, you know less than what a normal normal fee would be, and some people pay me way more. So it always ends up working out. And everybody's budgets are different. And I've never had anybody take advantage of it. I'm really grateful for that too. Um, but and. I have a teacher who um, refers to it, not as pay what you can, but as collaboratively priced. And that model really, really resonates with me because then it's not coming from a place of like where I'm offering you charity. It comes from a place of like, we're deciding together that this is an honest, accessible exchange. And that's what works for both of us. Um, And I can honestly say that, I mean, I've never had anybody offer me too little, you know, it's just, if if you for $25 then you need a session for $25 what did you
1: call it a collaborative
2: yeah she calls it collaboratively priced collaboratively yeah I like that that's the model that I've um, undertaken it's a little more empowering yeah Um, I like that Can
1: we'll have to talk more about that at my next session Uh you know we had a yoga studio here we closed it but my wife was very adamant when we so I had a yoga studio um and then we closed when we got married, and then we really wanted to offer yoga again and more of a trauma-informed yoga. <clears throat> and when we opened that, she was very adamant with like, "I want this to be donation-based only." Mm-hmm. And we had a. I must admit that I I live in LA and I have lived in lack for most of my life, and so when she said that, I was like, "Are you fucking crazy?" Like. How do we, how do we make anything? And I find that I, that's something that, you know, with my own practice of Reiki and, and coaching and different things like that, that it still is something that I'm like, you know, but yeah. it's also something that has been coming up for me. And so to watch you do that is really inspiring for me. Like, well, I live in a tiny little town. I don't pay rent on my space. You know, like, I'm not in the situation that you're in where you have other things that you have to pay for. I don't even have that. So it shouldn't even scare me as much as it does. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, so
2: it feels really good, um, really good to me. And before, you know, I've only been we've only been in this space for I think this is our like third month. I think we just or maybe we just completed We anyway, we haven't been in this space for very long. Um and you know, when it's not COVID times, I would even love to have, you know, options for, you know, someone to come and be able to bring their kids and have somebody watch their kids, you know, for no additional charge. Um, it's just, you know, those things are so such challenges. Um and so much of like healing has become sort of like classist and it's almost like like you have to make a certain amount of income to deserve to have healing. You know, it just right. and also like all saying that, like I I don't think that anybody should be shamed for charging what they charge. You know, like everybody should, everybody has the freedom to set their own, their own limits in those things. Um, and, you know, but for me, I'm lucky and right now that this is working, um, it feels good. And I've, it feels to me like when someone is offered the option of generosity, I mean, they usually take it, you know, and that's, that's a really beautiful thing to witness too. Um, because I, like I said, a lot of times people pay me way more than I would ever, ever ask for. And it's just, you know, it's astounding in its humility. And yeah, I love witnessing it. Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I love that too. So
1: question, see, we've got, we're, we're coming to about an hour and I want to respect your time. I do have some questions. These are like questions I think I'm going to ask everyone. Mm-hmm. um what is your go-to self self-care ritual
2: go-to self-care ritual hmm that's a good question good question <laughs> <laughs> um I think that for me hmm. um so I also um went through an herbalism program um I was say. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty integral part of me um yeah just just incorporating herbal support throughout my life. Um and so that's just like having I have a really basic tea almost every morning. Um and I've been actually that was something that I wrote down in my in my New Year's planner where I want that to be the first thing that I go to is just to, you know, indulge in in a smoke blend or like in, you know, have a cup of tea or you like just yeah. like seek support from a natural source. Um has that's probably yeah, that's my go go to self-care and even things like um, I have a friend who makes the, like, just my favorite soaps, you know, so even just like washing my face with one of her soaps, she uses these, all these amazing natural products. and It just feels good. Um, but yeah, so having, having that support from natural sources, um, and yeah, that's, that's probably my favorite. Also like just exfoliating is something that I do a lot if I feel like, um, like if I feel like I'm just not myself, you know, just like taking a shower and like a sleep with a washcloth real quick and just kind of sloughing off um, old skin is helpful too. But yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that.
1: Um, what is the biggest lesson you've learned in 2020?
2: Coming out <laughs> with those hard hitters. <laughs> what's, what's I learned? Um, so many things. I think like so many other people, this has been a really, a really important year to really, really delve into inner self. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that I've been learning more about fortification of centered self, and of um, ways of actually noticing when. Actually noticing my body, my own body's yes and no's, um, and uh, I think that I have a tendency to. Um, Sort of like temper my response to something based on what I think the other person needs and not in the sessions but you know with my partner and with my family and um and so it was a really good year to be reminded of myself that it's like actually I need to speak honestly from my own heart without tempering and without needing to be a reflection um so yeah just yeah coming coming more deeply into myself and listening to my own listening to my own, um, inner knowing first, um, has been, has been really nice. And that's something that I think I'm going to be able to keep carrying with me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what okay. I'm gonna...
1: So last question, do you have like one word for 2021 that is yours, like, you know, your intention or your one word?
2: Hmm. My one word, I think my one word is I was, I was thinking about this a couple of days ago when I was writing down my intention. Yeah. I feel like my word is just intention. I want to be able to move with intention and I want to, you know, like when I'm deciding my meals for the week, I want to make my meals with intention. I want there to be just, I want the things that I do to have reasons you know, and I want them to be things that are supportive for myself. Um, so my intention for 2021 is intention. You know, <laughs> I want to, I want to speak with intention, okay. hear with intention. And yeah, I want the things that I do to be intentional and not just, um, you know, flying by the seat of my pants, which is also something that I've done for, you know, a large part of my life. But yeah, it feels good. And even like when I think about, you know, having a cup of tea, it's like, having the intention of, well, what do I actually need right now? Like, do I need to be grounded? Do I need to be more uplifted? You know, and then choosing with intention instead of just like, oh, this one seems fine or, you know, like whatever. And sometimes that's helpful too, but um, yeah, I want to be more intentional. Cool. I like that. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Ren, for being my first guest on this heart-centered um, conversation, heart-centered mm-hmm podcast that will be on YouTube and Facebook. And I'll post all the places where people can find you so that they can contact you and people like when you're ready for deep healing, like Ren is a great person to connect with and um, walk through that process with you. So thank you again for being my first guest. Yeah.
2: Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. You have thank a great you. rest of your day and I'll see you again soon. <laughs>
0: wow that was such a great conversation thank you for listening to this episode if you like this podcast like it share it comment Um, you can find more of my offerings at heartcenterlove.com you can find me on facebook at Jennifer Martin Holistic Healing or Instagram heart underscore center underscore healing. Um, And we come back and listen to more episodes as they come up. Have a great week.